podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. If you see the five-minute clock in the lower right-hand corner, well, this is interesting, Al. First, Randy Newman said, we'll go to the cards. Then he says it's a TKO. He loses two points, but he wins a TKO. So now more of a delay as Miranda looks on. High drama here. And now another doctor comes in to not only examine, but administer to after Abraham. All right, we're going to fight. You want to fight? It it sounded like he said no to that question. Did he understand Randy Newman? Got a mouthpiece? Okay. You ready to fight? Now, he asked him a second time. Abraham kind of reluctantly says okay. and welcome to another episode of Punches from the Past where we delve into the historical archives and talk about the fights that really mattered. My name is Steve Wellings and I'm joined in conversation with Andy Patterson, Kurt Ward and David Lee. Don't forget to check out our previous episodes. We've got some great fights like Sanchez versus Nelson, Ryan Rhodes, Jamie Moore, Thompson Sellers and Arthur versus Gomez. They're already in the books but you can find those on iTunes through Tumblr for download and over on the Facebook page as a direct listen. This week we find ourselves at the Rital Arena, Germany, and Arthur Abraham's IBF middleweight title defence against Colombian livewire Edison Miranda from the 23rd of September 2006. Abraham had built himself up on the German undercards, defeating a slightly sliding Herod Eastman and a string of other reasonable opponents before picking up the vacant IBF crown against the spidery African Kingsley Aikiki before outlasting perennial contenders Shannon Taylor and Kofi Jantua But it was Miranda who was to provide his most most demanding fight to date on every level. Kurt, it's a bit of an understatement to say that Miranda was the toughest test of Abraham's career, but 
just looking at it, what do we know exactly about the Colombian based in Puerto Rico, I believe he was, and Abraham, the two guys leading up into this fight? Yeah, well, Abraham, you know, obviously went on to become, you know, a big draw in Germany, but here he is, you know, picking up a title and he, he's still, you know, trying to get that status that, like, some of the other German fighters or guys who went on to base themselves in Germany went on to achieve, that'd be like the Klitschko brothers, uh, Michael Huck. And Edison Miranda, you know, like you said, I think he, he beat Harold Eastman himself as well. That was really the only big, biggish or name you might know on his record up to that point. But, you know, he, he's a, a big middleweight and he's a knockout punch. I mean, he's very easy to hit himself. But th these two would make a good stars clash because Abraham, we know, he, he's a punch. I mean, both of them are unbeaten. Both of them with, you know, mo mostly knockouts on their records. And for each other, this is the, the, the toughest uh, fight of their career at that point. And um, yeah, you got Abraham with his, with his shell, you know, defense where he just covers up and doesn't do much. But then he unloads with, you know, weird punches. Isn't exactly um, sweet science at its best, but you know, it's worked well for him, especially at, mid at middleweight. And Miranda, um, yeah, you know, a, a big guy. You know, he's actually a, a pretty decent boxer. He doesn't get a lot of credit for, but you know, compared to Abraham, he's a, he looks a lot better. He's faster with his hands as well, and very tough place, especially then to go to Germany and try and rip her title away. And this fight is, you know, we we know there's been some big controversial fights in boxing history, but you know, this might not be on the scale of a, a Chavez Maldrick Taylor, you know, which we all know is infamous, but. This has got to be one of the most controversial fights of that modern era because of you know what went down and the, the you know Eddie Miranda being the, the foreign fighter being deducted five points and you know the scorecards the referee and the doctor that we'll all come into but you know a really good fight and Abraham with one of the one of the toughest showings you can possibly see and you know whatever you think of him as a boxer and I think from that point on everyone especially German fight fans had nothing but respect for Abraham, no matter what he went on to achieve. And he got a lot of love from this because the guy's shown that, you know, he was willing to, to fight and, you know, and put it all on the line. And, you know, I, I found his team in his fight were a disgrace, to be honest, that willing to sacrifice, basically his career it could have been in the end. But, you know, thankfully he went to fight on and had a long career, but just a really good fight. And, you know, and Miranda himself, you know, he took some big shots in his fight and both big bangers and, you know, it's, it's surprising it went 12 rounds, to be honest, with the amount of punches that were, were landed. But, yeah, a really good fight and such a controversial 12 rounds. Speaking of uh, controversy, it was interesting how Abraham became IBF champion in the first place, wasn't it? I mean, the IBF, Taylor, yeah. Yeah, the, the IBF stripped Jermaine Taylor for having the nerve to fight uh, Bernard Hopkins again. You know, Hall of, he, was, he was only a Hall of Famer who'd been a champion for over a decade and had 20 middleweight title defences. But, yeah, well... Well, how, well, why did Hopkins warrant uh, uh, a title shot? Well, you know, it was interesting as well because the, the rankings at the time, you know, Sam Solomon was actually the number one contender with the IBF. And Aikiki was number two, I believe. Winky Wright was actually number three. And the aforementioned Abraham was number four. But because Solomon and Wright actually uh, signed to fight each other uh, at the same month that Aikiki and Abraham fought for the IBF title, they were actually left out in the cold. You know, it's just crazy how these sanctioning bodies were. Funny, they seem to be a lot unto themselves. And it's funny because that's exactly how it worked out with the IBF with Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua. You know, they stripped Tyson Fury because he had the nerve to want to rematch Vladimir Klitschko. Exactly the same kind of thing. And obviously they stripped him and put the title on another guy. And, yeah, I mean, the Sirelands, you know, very, very good promoters. They didn't miss a beat. They got that title and, you know, they weren't 
you know, once they got that title to Germany, it was always going to be hard for a guy to, to get it back, to be honest. Absolutely, because, I mean, you mentioned, you know, Howard Eastman uh, being defeated by Abraham. I mean, I remember at the time, Eastman protested bitterly about that decision, didn't he? I mean, it was a close fight, but, you know, as of, as was often the case with Eastman, he just wasn't busy enough, was he? Eastman protested every decision, didn't he, <laughs> He protested. He even protested the stoppage to Miranda, didn't he? He wasn't, yeah. you know, he wasn't trying to punch his back, and I think the referee was well within his rights to stop that one, but, again, Eastman protested. You know, you know, not to veer off too off topic, but, yeah, that, that was just Eastman, wasn't he? You know, all the talent in the world, but just wouldn't let his hands go. And the thing is, with, with guys like Marco Huck and uh, Arthur Abraham, you know, both trained by Uli Wegner, both have a very similar style, you know, don't do much, then they unload and, you know, they can be big punches, big big units in the ring. You know, it's very hard, you know, whenever there's a, a, a close-ish fight or the decision goes for them, people always class it as a robbery because it's in Germany, but to be a judge, I, I wouldn't like to be judging a lot of Huck and Abraham fights that go distance because there is so many rounds where, he might not do much for two minutes, but then he, he lands about three or four big shots that, you know, are the eye-catching shots of the round. It's a tough one because, you know, especially in this fight, I think Miranda was rounds where he was just busier and just did more of the work. But Abraham's punches, like his right hand and his left hook, were eye-catching. And obviously the crowd get excited. And it's difficult to judge these kind of fighters, I think. Andy, just looking at Miranda there, he was coming over as, I wouldn't exactly say an unknown quantity, but we didn't know a hell of a lot about him. I mean, this is a guy, you know, um, not an atypical sort of uh, background. He was abandoned by his mother, I think, when he was about a month old and just raised on the harsh streets of Colombia. Did a bit of cattle farming earlier on. And then he found his, his home in the ring as an amateur, realised he could punch. And But then he, got, he had a few fights early on in and around Colombia, Panama, Dominican Republic, all over the place. But someone brought him over to Florida, and it was his fight with Jose Varela, and they liked what they saw after he beat Varela. Then he knocked out Sherwin Davis, and people started to take a bit of notice over in America. I think it was only the small hall guys and the ESPNs at that time, but whenever he knocked out Herod Eastman, people were taking notice by that point. The IBF had got him highly ranked, and when he came over to Germany, he showed he wasn't afraid throughout his career to go and fight the big guys in the backyards, and he was a never-say-die fighter, really, Andy, big punching guy, and he yeah. came over and gave his all in this one. Love by the sword, uh, die by the sword, actually. Oh, yeah. I, I think he actually is, is, I'm right in saying that Miranda's now serving time now for drug dealing and stuff. In 2015, I believe he was on the run, and, and they arrested him, he handed himself in or something, and I believe he's incarcerated at the moment, so... No. No. He didn't get the drugs in Liverpool after the value fight, did he? <laughs> um, yeah, just should we talk about Howard Eastman, mate? I mean, I think I'm not entirely sure on Eastman's current record just now, but I think he's only stopped maybe two or three times, actually. So, I think, you know, that's testament to, to his durability and stuff. Um, you know, I give it the distance with Hopkins, as you say, um, you know, getting stopped in seven rounds by, by Miranda's obviously kind of, you know, a bit eye-catching. You know, going into the fight as well, you know, two guys undefeated, big punchers and stuff. Um, at the same time, I think, you know, first round, you know, Miranda's putting the pressure on him and I did think that Abraham was kind of loading up a little bit as well. Um, the second round, you know, as we're talking about the officiating, I just think the officiating whole round in this fight was absolutely disgusting. From You know, as Kurt mentioned there about, you know, remember just before the start of the show, was, you know, the Surlands, you know, did they really care about Abraham in this fight? I mean, you know, what... Okay, you see a fighter hurt and you expect a fighter to kind of keep fighting sometimes, but there's, then there's a time when it's really grotesque and it needs to stop. You know, 
the referee, the judges, maybe even, yeah, definitely the judges actually, uh, the people at ringside, the doctor, maybe at ringside along with the commissioners and stuff. Um, if you look at it in round two, I think Miranda landed a right, or oh, he threw a right hand to the pit of the stomach, but I think Abraham had blocked it with the elbows, and obviously the punches then, you know, deflected, and it's kind of like went down in a downward motion towards the kind of like the groin area. I actually think around about, hit around about the, the belt line. And Abraham's protesting, and uh, the referee's basically on his case. Um, and then in the same round, actually, when the bell goes, Miranda just not given a toss about anything, just decides to throw another right hand at Abraham after the bell. Abraham then, then retaliates, so you kind of then, you know, you, you get a much busier third round, I thought. Abraham, you know, still usually fighting in spurts, but uh, you know, round four, you know, obviously this this is where we're going to get on to the, you know, you know, the main talking point of this fight, actually, well, one of the main talking points of this fight was the, the right uppercut in round four, that's probably, it was, was the punch, I think, that broke Abraham's jaw, because if you saw him coming out for round five, you know, he was he was breathing. He looked like he was breathing heavily, but it was just the way his jaw was contorted, and then the blood started to come. You had the commentary team in Showtime mention the blood. You know, he's he's breathing heavily. But looks at it, and then by oh, by round six, you just knew, you know, shit was shit was just basically going down. It was it was so 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 bad. Uh, I think it was it was at round five. Um, it did look like Abraham, as I says, was breathing heavy. Miranda stalking him, and. Uh, I think it was a was a, a clinch, a potential headbutt. Or, mm. To be honest, if you look at the headbutt, I don't think there's really much in it. It looked like a kind of more kind of like bashing the side of the head. Um, it did look like at that that point that uh, they may try and get the fight called off at that point. But then I think if I, if I heard uh, who was the referee again, what's his name? Randy Newman. Absolutely horrible. I think he even mentioned to to the commissioner at ringside that the the broken jaw was caused by a punch earlier in the fight. Therefore, it would be classed as a TKO victory for, for Miranda. And I think, obviously, Sirlins is obviously new about this. I think maybe the corner maybe wanted to stop the fight, but I think the Sirlins were saying, listen, yeah. you've got, you got to keep it going. You've got to keep it going. Yeah. Sorry, Corky. Yeah, there, was a lot of, there was a lot of confusion in that five-minute spell, Andy, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. I mean, as you said yourself, they weren't sure whether... Um, if it was going to go to the scorecards, it was going to be classed as TKO. And when Randy Newman made it clear that no, the the broken jaw or the cut lip, whatever you want to call it, at, at that point was caused by a punch. There and then, um, the doctor shouldn't have been treating it, should he? I mean, he was no. he, the doctor was treating the cut, stopping the blood flow, but you know he was in no right. To, he was in no position to do that. He had no right to do that because it wasn't caused by a foul. So you know, there was a lot of chicanery, chicanery going on in that five minutes, but I thought. Yeah, the, 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 sorry, Kurt, just, you know, just bring in on, on this point. And do you, for that incident, you know, for the, the attentional headbutt, so to speak, the referee, even after discussions at ringside, even then went and took two points off Miranda during that same time frame. For what exactly? I think I think this was a problem with having a referee who doesn't speak the language of the fighter. I mean, Arthur Abram, I don't believe knew what what Randy Newman was saying at all. You know the Salans. We know the the um, Cali speaks you know fine English, but I don't think they were they was getting across. And I think what the problem was, Abraham obviously had this horrific injury. His mouth was wide open. There's one point I think the fifth round where the camera goes in when he's having his mouthpiece pulled out. Oh man, you can hear Abraham shriek in pain as they were removing the mouthpiece. The headbutt that Miranda did was, was was stupid because he knew that 
Abraham's obviously suffered an injury and to do that headbutt then, it, it just showed a lack of experience or, you know, Miranda was obviously a, a, a weird character as well. He did some, you know, crazy stuff during his career, but to do that headbutt then, it gave Abraham a chance to, one, to stop the fight and have a, like, a break, which he was looking, kind of looking <laughs> to do every opportunity. But then once, it... once Salen's team saw the headbutt, they believed they could stop the fight and, and uh, they could go to the cards where they believed, and rightly so, that their man would get the win. Was there a point, mate? Was there a point? Was there a point during that that five minute break where the referee asked the commissioner, "Do you want to go to the cards?" And then he says, "I think the punt. Yeah, it was a punch that caused that." Then I think they maybe even thought that, "Okay, Moran is ahead in the cards here. If they do go to the cards, he's going to win the fight." Well, I'm not sure, but I think Randy Newman really, really should have been investigated for this because he pulled the doctor up, and the doctor and the doctor as well himself should have been up for investigation because the doctor said he can't fight, and Randy Newman is on camera saying he can't fight. He, he needs to he needs to be stopped, and it's only when then they they say what's going to happen, and obviously they say, well, no, it's not the head, but it's the the uh, mouth injury. He's going to be stopped in the TKL. Then they suddenly change their minds. The ref shouldn't have been, the given a chance. As soon as the doctor says he can't fight, and the ref says, okay, he can't fight, the referee should have called the fight off. But then he gave Silence the chance. Oh, well, it's going to be a TKL. Oh, well, how, hang on, then let's let's have a think about this. And obviously in German they're probably telling off, oh, well, rest up for another couple of minutes. Let us give us a chance to think. Oh no, you're going to be stopped. You know we can't get to the cards on the head, but so you're going to have to fight on. And Arthur, you know, there's a there's a footage of Randy Newman asking Arthur, "You okay to fight?" And Arthur seems to say no. But I don't mm. know if that's because he he doesn't want to fight or because he's he's trying to leave the illusion that he can't fight because of the head, but but he says no. And then mm. a minute later he's asked again, and he kind of shrugs, and says, "Well, well, I've been told to," and he's kind of putting things now. Thing is, questions got to be asked. Once if he was seriously injured and he, he was out for a couple of years because of that injury, or he's never the same again. I mean, all these people, Salons, the doctor, and the referee need to have a look at themselves to give a fighter a chance to carry on after the doctor said he can't continue. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah because it was pure survival mode in round six. I mean, he backed off, circled the ring, Miranda hunted him over that place, just looking to trap him against the ropes. But as I say, Abraham was just purely fighting for survival during. You know, well, I would probably say for the rest of the fight, actually, he may have shaded a few rounds here and there. Obviously, with the point deductions that then followed, especially in round seven, guys, I mean, I, I don't know. Again, Kurt, you, you mentioned the referee. I mean, he, he deducts a point off Miranda for a, uh, for a warning. He then lands a perfectly legal punch, then gets warned for it. And then I think he then lands, he loses another point two seconds later for, for landing a, a left hook that was deemed to be low as well. And what, what I can't stand is when a referee calls. A, a, a low blow, not because he's seen it, but because the fighter he's saying he got Tells it. Him, yeah. Abraham is notorious. I mean, he's, he's a crafty fighter. He he has a he's a stocky guy, he's a short guy, but he's got quite long arms, and with, that's why they develop that kind of peekaboo defense because it, it's it's hard to penetrate the way the way he has it. And I don't believe Miranda was going low. Just that sometimes you have to force to try and go a bit lower to try and get in there because his arms are there. But I don't believe he was. You know, I think the headbutt was ridiculous and, you know, that was right to be a deduction, but I think the lower blows are just ridiculous. And the one, the lower blow that happened, um, just trying to check when it was, I think it was round eight, I think it was. And that's when Abraham had another three minute break. And again, that's, that's all because of the injury to the mouth. He's trying to have a little break and a rest. Presumably dominating, which I think Edison Miranda for the most part is. And Miranda now really has to be careful. He's getting close to being disqualified. Edison Miranda is a walking foul machine. <laughs> he has, he will bend the rules. Yeah, there's no question about that. 
Now, in his case, he better stay away no, from the body. The, the Arthur protested and said he hit him low. So then Randy Newman calls a stop and gives him a break. And after the yeah, three-minute break, he then decides to point another point deduction. It's like he's had I, three minutes and then he's, he ups him again. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, I, th I think that was the 11th round, Kurt. I mean, all throughout the fight, I thought Newman was just so indecisive, wasn't he? I mean... He lost complete he, control. He lost complete control. He had no authority in there. I mean, in the 11th round, as I was saying, he, he, as you mentioned there, he, 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 Abraham protested. He kind of motioned to the referee that he was hit low again. Newman didn't see it. You could tell. And, you know, Newman, he, he was so indecisive. He was like, he, he called the break. And then he didn't look like he was going to call the law blow. Then he called the law blow. He let Abraham have like a two, three minute break. And then he came back and just said, ah, why not? I'll just take another point. You know, just like there was no decisiveness at all from Newman at all. It, 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 watching it, it's like one of those where you hear about the referee getting put up in a nice hotel, treated to a nice meal by the, by the promoter. This is the Salons. He just had the look that he just didn't, he wanted to try and be on the Salons side. It looked... I mean, I'm, I just think he lost complete control, but it looked like he was determined to stay on the good side of the Salons and give Abraham as much chance as he could. I mean, soon as if Abraham didn't have them points deducted, I'm not sure he would have continued because there would have been little point because he basically couldn't win the fight. But because of all these point deductions, they basically told him, if you can get through 12 rounds, you know, you've, you've won a few rounds at the start. If you can get to 12 rounds, you'll win the, you'll win the fight. And Miranda only had one chance, and that was a knockout. And... It was a bit stupid in him even going to the body in the end because his only chance was aiming at that injured mouth and trying to, um, you know, injure it more. But I just think, you know, for everything about Abraham, it's a testament to his, you know, his balls, basically, because Miranda's a, a big puncher, and especially at that weight, and he was landing some nasty shots right on Abraham's chin. And, you know, he, he didn't budge and he didn't really, he was still trying to, trying to hurt uh, Miranda himself. And, you know, it's just... Just, it, it, it was just a wild fight. It 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 was bravery that didn't need to happen though, Kurt, wasn't it? I mean, it was above and beyond the call of duty, mate. It was just it was just insane. I mean, yeah. your man Abraham just had a mouthful of blood. I mean, there's a, there's one point there where he's leaning over um, Miranda, and the blood just like pours mm -hmm. out of Abraham's jaw and onto, and it just drips on Miranda's back. I mean, it's one of the most gruesome sights I've seen in. Uh, was it not un unnecessary, Dave? Do you think, for the sake of an IBF middleweight title? I mean, what what were they thinking? Was it was it not a bit unnecessary? Well, they got the rematch. They got the rematch. Yeah, exactly. At the end of the day. I mean, yeah. yeah. Titles on the line, or what? 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 Bob was on the line. I mean, the, first and foremost, what's paramount is fighter safety. Exactly. It seemed too much, didn't it? Look at Abraham's expression. I mean, they seem oblivious that Abraham's jaw is ajar. And you can see here, you can feel and hear the pain from Abraham. It's, it's excruciating to watch. It's a rough period in this fight, that's for sure. I mean, wouldn't some corners take this as a cue to protect their fighter? I mean, I, under, I understand how intense it is. Uh, there's a great deal of at stake, the title lots of money but somewhere don't you have to draw the line it's clear that he is in great discomfort and he fights on absolutely it's ridiculous it, it reminded me of um costa zoo with dennis lebedev against Guillermo jones who basically he's sending his man out the man he's you know he's seriously injured and he shouldn't easy enough it's state but he's been sent out to fight and you know, a fighter, you know, let's be honest, that they'll, they'll continue. And if they're being told they're ahead or in the, during the fight, they'll go ahead. But that fight should have been 
stopped. And the, the, I think the doctor as well, if you've, if that doctor who was definitely in the Salons, you know, pocket, I think, because he should have been forcing his way out there saying, I'm checking him every single round. And he, he should have been brave and said, this guy can't continue. I'm sorry, but he can't. Yeah. But he, he was happy just sitting, sitting on his seat, you know, in his nice seat and then watch the fight. He, he was just happy to stay away from it. Basically, let Randy Newman take, take all the flat. But even Randy Newman, where was he every round saying, look, this, you know, come and have a look at him. I think at the end of the 10th round, actually the 10th round is actually a point where if you're watching it live, we are watching it for the first time, you think there's a chance of Abraham being stopped because he, was, he wasn't he was firing it back at all. He was getting beaten around the ring a bit. Not stopped seeing, you know, knocked out and laid on his back, but just beaten from a barrage of punches. And at the end of the round, you can hear Randy Newman saying, you know, near the microphone, this guy's hurt. And I don't know who he's saying that to, but he's obviously saying it to someone in the sound area. And what does he do? There's no doctor investigate there's not no one cares it's just we'll get through these two rounds really they're going to do his usual you know shouting trying to get his man motivated to stay in it but i think if i was half abraham i'd look at that and think do these guys give a damn about me at all i just thought that is inexplicable to me i mean randy newman has had a rough outing here and that was not his best moment in this fight this guy is hurt you could hear Randy Newman say, this guy is hurt, of course, referring to Abraham. Well, actually, in the 10th round, Kurt, um, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was the 10th round anyway, um, Abraham actually turned his back. And Newman actually stopped the action and asked yeah. Abraham, is he okay? He had no right to do that at all. Yeah, he was surviving me. That's all he was doing. He's just running. I mean, so see, I think, I think, uh, apart from maybe round seven, which I think we were, we were obviously discussing before we, uh, we recorded this about uh, about the scoring at round seven, because obviously I think there was a couple of point deductions there, um, and I, I ended up giving it nine eight or something because the scorecards would say were over the place. But round nine, I think, was the only round that I actually gave to to Arthur Abraham from like, yeah, from like maybe round. Uh, I would probably need to say maybe even the fifth would probably be the last round that I actually gave that Arthur, uh, Arthur actually, uh, sorry, Abraham actually felt one apart from like, uh, the other rounds where he got the point deductions and stuff. But because I did think you know, it was just merely trying to buy time as Miranda was coming back up sometime as well, but he was covering up pretty well on the ropes and you know he did take a left hook, but you know I did think he finished finished the round pretty strong. But for the remainder of that fight, even for large swathes of that fight, actually, he was just running. Pure survival mode, and uh, as I say, you know the scorecards were absolutely horrendous. You know there was an abs- anybody listening to this actually, anybody listening to this, if you've not seen this fight, go watch it. I'm actually interested. I want you to tweet me what your scorecard is. I, I, I'm not going to troll you if you've got it fucking wide or whatever and stuff. I just want to know how you scored it because some of the guys have scored it differently for me. You know, it's a point each side or whatever, but uh, it's just some of the how the rounds were scored and stuff. have got different rounds, so I think the guys you've got was it. 112-111 to Abraham. Yeah, I mean... Had it 112-112 a draw. In rounds, I've got it um, eight rounds to four, Edison Miranda. I think, you know, early there's a rounds that you can give Abraham. Abraham does, you know, as usual, he, he takes his spots and he, he, he got his fights in spurts. I think I did pretty much even after about six rounds, but obviously after the fifth round and he gets the injury, that's just when Miranda starts to take over more and more. And with a point deduction, Abraham just about wins on my card. But what what is you know to add to the to list of disgraces about this fight is even if Miranda didn't have a single point taken off, he still loses a majority decision on the card. Majority decision. I mean, yeah. How is that possible? I mean, I think I'll just get the scorecards up here. I mean, one sixteen, one oh nine. Our great referee Dave Jeez. Paris had it. I mean, so that means 
and he, he had a scorecard of 116-114 without the point deductions. Larry Hazard had 115-109, I mean. And then the other judge would have had a draw. So he obviously, you know, but I mean, how how can even without it didn't even matter. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, if you watch the fight, you know, Al Bernstein's basically he seems to have given nearly every round to Miranda. Miranda, yeah, yeah. He thinks that Miranda, you know, it still will be a close fight, even though he's had five points deducted and he probably won't win the fight because it's too big of a gap. But he still thinks it's a close fight, which is what I had. It's like one twelve eleven, but scorecards are just. Well, Absolutely abysmal. Yeah, the officials have to be called into question here. I think you made a good point earlier, Kurt, and it's a point that we've made many times on podcasts, that whenever the judges and that are getting paid, like you say, nice dinners, nice hotels, they're more inclined to side with the promoter. I think there was a vacuum of power and organisation going on here. Nobody really knew what to do. Randy Newman was never in control of the situation. So the Soilland, the Sourland, sorry, jumped into that vacuum and they started to micromanage the situation. They basically told Newman what he should be doing after the fifth round or the fourth, whenever it was that the draw went to the fifth. They, and every time, like you said, the doctor was on, the, the Sutherlands were telling him exactly what needed to happen. They were micromanaging the situation and Newman was incapable of t doing it himself, I think. But overall, it was a bad-tempered affair. They meant a low blows, little nudges, headbutts that were going in. Miranda was no saint himself. But he brought the devil out of Abraham for the first six rounds. And the second six rounds, as you guys said, Abraham was just boxing on the back foot. Does anybody have a case to make, maybe, to be sympathetic to the judges? Do you think Miranda did everything he could to try and get the fight ended or to, to win on the cards? Do you think he maybe lacked the ring IQ to capitalise on Abraham's um, injuries? Or do you think he did everything he could and everything was just against him? Yeah, I, th I think he, he could have done more. I mean, I don't. I think whatever he done, unless he knocked Abraham out, I think he's losing that fight no matter what because it was just everything was against him. But he could have done more. I mean, to see Abraham in that state, not firing much. I mean, he only had to be a bit more, you know, a bit, had a bit more guile about him, a bit more cleverness about him. He just seemed to be just winging away at him, and he was going to the body. I mean, I know it was in his right, but once he was once he was deducted points for going to the body, he, he knew he should have stayed well away from it and just concentrated on the head because that was where the injury was and just mm -hmm. keep forcing it. I mean, in the 10th round, like I said, I thought he really went for it and I thought Abraham was on the verge of maybe the referee having to stop the fight because he was just doing it. I just think Miranda wasn't an experienced guy at the time either. I mean, he went on to fight, you know, basically a who's who around that weight class and the other weight classes, but at the time he wasn't experienced, the head book, was ridiculous and it, it gave Abraham kind of a, a way out of the fight and a reason to continue the fight because once he knew three deductions four points he knew that as long as I get there you know in the end he didn't even matter he still would have won on the cards anyway I, I just, it's it's a terrible fight all around but you know luckily there was a rematch but the rematch didn't really happen probably when it should have done it happened a, year, yeah. a few years later but Abraham did put it put everything to doubt I mean Miranda got everything he wanted really got it in you know, out of Germany and Abraham really, you know, put, put a full statement on it, to be fair to him. I, I agree with you, Kurt, you know, basically, you know, what you said about Miranda, no maybe having the guile or the nose to actually finish that fight. As you say, oh, as, as we know, he was he was rough and tumble, he was basically just going in there, maybe smothering his work too much. Abraham was obviously surviving, he was running and stuff. That being the case, just kind of set traps for him, because as you say, he was headhunting, no work in the body as much. So, well, seeing that, I can remember understand as well why he's not working the body because he's already lost a point earlier in the fight. 
for a left hook is probably borderline, very borderline. He's then been worn for a right-handed deflected off the elbows. It, hit, it went down low. So he's thinking, he's right, OK, if I hit any more low blows, I could maybe get in them getting the DQ here. Um, I just think, you know, if he just took his time out, because you remember as well, he broke the jaw in the fourth round, but by the sixth, you could tell that Abraham was suffering badly. So you've got another six rounds to kind of figure a plan out, just kind of set a trap yeah. for him, and just basically, you know, take it away from him, just chip away at him, chip away at him, just make him quit if you could. But at the same time, I think it was around about round 10, I think even Al Bernstein maybe even mentioned, you know, I think they were really questioning as well about that point, how much could Abraham take? Because, as I, as I, you know, I'm repeating myself here, but, you know, it was just pure and utter survival. Can anybody remember who was in uh, Miranda's corner? Was it Spanish-speaking? Was it Latinos? The trainer was uh, was a Jose Panilla, wasn't it? Oh, was that him? At, uh, was that, that wasn't the Cuban guy, was it? I'm not sure where he was from. Um, I'm just wondering, you know, like I said at the beginning, I thought Abraham... Um, uh, Miranda maybe lacked the ring IQ and Andy you said you know the guile as well I'm just wondering who was in his corner giving the instructions just as a point of interest but mm-hmm. I, I, do, I, do, I do remember your uh, man Bonilla giving an interview with uh, I think it was Kyo Boxing Magazine back in the day and he you know, he mentioned at the time that they were work, they were working on sharpening Miranda's skills because they even admitted as Kurt said himself that Miranda was probably a bit naive in his attacks and he wasn't and he lacked kind of the guile and the polish to um, effectively finish off a, a damaged man in, in Arthur Abram, which yeah. he probably really should have done. Yeah, this was his best best chance to win a, win a world title. He had it right there for him. He, j- he just couldn't get it done. But I think this gave weight to a lot of the, maybe more the, the American fans, because obviously this was broadcast on Showtime, that Germany was the place where he had to knock out someone to get a draw, because you had the Sven Arker incident, which I don't know how many of them they saw, with Robin Reed, where he was warned by super punch and Sven Arker in the face. You got uh, and then you got this where you know it, it looked like it was just impossible. You had to not literally put the guy out cold to to get the win. And you know, obviously now we see that the you know Jeremy's not as bad as it is. But this was just a case that this was a, an American referee and he was being dictated to by Salon. And I think it just showed that it didn't matter where it was. You got a promoter and a referee who's willing to bend the rules for them and you know let them you know get away with things. It will happen anywhere. And Randy Newman. Now, he should have been in control of the fight, and I, he, he just didn't have a clue, and he, he really had a, a, t- a terrible night, and um, yeah, it just gave weight to the, you know, Germany's a, a place of corruption. This, yeah. this, this went above and beyond uh, your, your basic everyday robbery, though, didn't it? I mean, this was basically risking a fighter's health and well-being. And, I mean, he, he must have been swallowing blood without, with the amount of blood that was in his mouth, and we all know oh, the yeah. danger. I mean, we... we, we I mean, I referenced Mayor um, last week, the first fight, and of course that fight was stopped uh, because Corrales had two cuts in his mouth and he was bleeding profusely from his lip. And they, the referee stopped the fight on the advice of Dr. Margaret Goodman, who was the ringside physician, and she mentioned in the post interview the dangers of a boxer swallowing their own blood. I mean, and you had Abraham there with a mouthful of blood fighting for, what was it? I mean, seven, eight rounds? Crazy mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. It was Jose Bonilla, by the way, just to confirm, that was training him in Puerto Rico. Leon Mogul's from Warrior Boxing had brought him over, so it, it would have been Bonilla in the corner. Yeah. You just you just wonder how much uh, authority 
Julie Wigner actually had in the corner because, as I said on the main show a couple of weeks back, when I was mentioned Joey Gamash, he's, uh, he works with the Scandinavian fighters. He's actually contracted to Surland. Okay, so he trains all the Scandinavian fighters and stuff, but as you say, like, Uli Wigner was actually, he was the main trainer for the, the big German guys, you know, Huck, Abraham and stuff. So you just wonder as well, is, did, did he actually have the right to stop that fight? Because he's contracted exclusively to Surland, would he lost his job if he made, made the decision to stop the fight? You just don't know. Possibly. Surland's were in control though, weren't they? They were telling yeah. everybody, the referee, the commission, the doctor, the corner... They were calling the shot. If they wanted the fight called off, it would have got called off. They were telling everybody what was happening here, and it, as far as they were concerned, that fight wasn't stopping. If Abraham's jaw was lying on the ring, that fight wasn't stopping. And you've got to remember as well, when we think of Saren, now we think of Callie Saren and his brother. You know, they're a bit like Eddie Hearn. They've come yes. from the father. It was Wilfred, wasn't it, yeah. Kurt, back then? Yeah, at the yeah. time, it yeah. was Wilfred. He's more old school. He's, you know, you got you got to remember German boxing was in the doldrums for years. It, they, they, you know, it's only the last decade they've really produced a lot of mainly guys who've come from other countries to pick up the sport and they've you know they've got the tv audiences the tv ratings have gone you know sky high and they've had fights and you know they've really become you know a bit you know well they were a bit of a power in the boxing world and it's starting to fade again now but you know wilfred is old school like barry hearn like frank warren the sons you know they've, they've like eddie Hearn now they've come from here and you know they've changed things a little bit but he he was the power there, and he's he's not he's not stopping that fight. And I think Uli Wegner is the same type of guy. I mean, the guy is someone you wouldn't mess with. And I think what he says goes as well. And him and Wilfred, I think, have the power. And you know, with Hook and with Abraham, that what they say goes. I mean, if you remember when Abraham lost to Carl Froch, when he gave an absolutely terrible performance, Uli Wegner publicly absolutely destroyed him and said, you know, yep. he, he was a disgrace. You know, he needs to see a, a therapist because he's got problems, you know, he's embarrassed to be in the corner for him. And Abraham, you know, he's, he's not exactly a, a soft man himself, but, you know, he, he he kept quiet, he never said nothing. So I just think it shows that Eddie Wegner is a guy who's a bit disciplinary and who, what he says goes. Yeah, true. I, 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 I agree with what you say there, mate, because I remember as well when after the Drell fight, when he, happened, when he was low, if you go back and watch the Fight Camp 360 uh, episodes and stuff, obviously you can hear the translation or the, the subtitles at the bottom and stuff. And when that actual punch landed, you see Abraham in the corner and there's, there's shit kicking loose and stuff. And you hear Vuli Wigner shouting to him, calm down, my son, calm down, my son. So obviously you kind of treat them like a father figure, eh? Mm. Kurt's right. Wilfred was building something at that time. German boxing had been going through a lull. And in the previous years, maybe two or three years, through Universum, Wilfred had really been building something up and he wasn't yeah. going to let it go easily. Same with close Peter Cole over on ZDF. Yeah. I think he had Felix Sturm at the time, Zolt Erdai, uh, Carol Baljoy, a couple of uh, those guys, you know. And, and there was no way Wilfred was letting this get in the way of anything. No, and but, the, the thing is, the title might seem of nothing really, but to them, that title meant big time boxing in Germany. The two biggest stars were the Klitschko brothers and they didn't have control over them. And, you know, they needed, they needed the... Um, they needed a title to add something to them. I mean, obviously, with Abraham, they had Marco Hook. They didn't have Felix Sturm either, another big, you know, German name at that time. So they needed to get going. And, you know, Abraham and Hook went on to be, you know, big stars, both, you know, born outside of the country, but came to be big stars. And, you know, the Salons did a good job. And, like I said, it's starting to fade from them again now. So they're going to have to try and, you know, do something about it now. But that title... They, they, you know, they put their man's career on the line for that title. So, you know, for them, I don't know if it was worth it, but you know, they'll say yes. But Abraham, I'm sure, 
must have surely thought, you know, do, do these guys give a shit about me? But maybe he, was, he saw the paycheck at the end of it and he just didn't care. Speaking of uh, Sturm, it's a real shame that Arthur and Sturm never got it on in Germany. I mean, that would have been a massive shame. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a, shame. I, I still, you know, at some point over the last eighteen months, I still expected that fight to get made, especially when, when I think it was really hinging on Sturm beating a who was Good that enough. guy? Off, yeah, I think they were really looking at unification fight things. I think Abraham still held the WBO title. Sturm got beat, put the drugs test, and obviously Abraham's got a mandatory defence against Ramirez, and then. Now we've got a rematch coming up with Matt Murray. I think it's lost its. Uh, I, I think it's lost its. Lo- it's lost its luster now. Oh, it has. It? Yeah. It's, it's but, worthless now. It's worthless. Yeah, but border past their prime, and you know they're 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 you know they don't have titles. Uh, so, I mean, it might have some appeal in Germany, but in the worldwide landscape, as you said, Steve, it's fairly meaningless, and it's it's just it's just a shame it didn't happen when both were in and around their prime yeah. uh, back in the middle of the division. After Sturm had beaten Castileo in the rematch, and then Abraham went on, you know, beat um, uh, Miranda in his rematch around that sort of time, it would have been around perfect. that time, around that time frame, yeah, yeah. And it, it just shows, you know, the, the silence, you know, that they're having to keep weighing out oh, the Abraham when he's way well past his best. I mean, this fight was what ten years ago now. Fine, uh, suit middleweight now. We saw him in Vegas, you know, get absolutely schooled by Gilberto Ramirez. It's still willing him out to fight Martin Murray because, you know, in today's boxing world, you know, there's so many titles. They know that if beats Martin Murray, he's back in line for a title shot. And if they can get a, a weak champion or a vacant title shot back in Germany again, there's a, a good chance Arthur can be a champion again, and that keeps that keeps the career going yet again. So it's yeah. just they, I they think... have to do that. They've lost Michael Hook now as well, so. I think he's actually even renewed his contract for another two years. He either expires in 2017 or 2018, I'm sure. What age is he now? 36? Abraham's 36, 37, I would say. And plus he's got an iron... You know, I mean, it's literally, he's actually got an iron jaw. No, titanium jaw, actually. Mm-hmm. He's actually got a, a plate put in there. And funny enough, actually, just think about it as well, you know, how grotesque that, that injury was. He was back in the ring fighting nine months later. Jeez. You know, Scott Quigg's no fought now, and he's been at the ring now for, what, 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 six months? And It'll be longer. Never, and the thing is, it's never re- reared, you know, it's ugly head again, you know, to be honest, in any fight, has it? I know he got injured yeah. against uh, Robert Stieglitz in a fight, but that, you know, it's, it's, never really, yeah. it's never really come up again in any other fight, which is considering his style and considering he gets hit, you know, mm. it's been surprising that he's had such a long career. And, you know, for, for a guy, let's be honest, who isn't the most talented guy, He's just, you know, made of iron, basically. He's, he's had a really successful career, considering. It's, it's important to remember, though, just for kind of newer fans of the sport who are listening to the show, that, you know, they look at Abraham today as a speedable fighter and, you know, a guy who's had a lot of home cooking. But, you know, back around this time period, he was looked upon as a fearsome middleweight, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. it was definitely was, mate, because I think after this fight, um, you know, after Miranda beat Sebastian Demers, it was OK, it was his first fight back after the situation. But then if you watch the, the Corin Givor knockout and living through uh, I mean he folded them up like an accordion I mean it was that was like a kind of left hook kind of left uppercut come cross type punch you through in the guy and on, I, I, when I say it folded up like an accordion I mean that his knees basically folded yeah. quick as anything and the guy's basically on his knees his body's all contorted his head's to the side and stuff like that knocked the fuck out it's it's, it's like a movie knockout Andy isn't it oh it's... yeah man like something choreographed from a movie. I mean, if anyone hasn't seen this, yeah, it's 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 definitely a highlight reel uh, KO. 
It's probably it's probably going to be his no. It's probably going to be his knockout. Well, if you ask him, it's probably going to be Jermaine Taylor knockout. But I would say that that is probably the best knockout after Abraham's career. I would, I would say, say so. Yeah. yeah, it's the most it's yeah. the most spectacular looking, definitely. The thing about Abraham is um, he was he, he always he was a big puncher. Really, if you think about it, because you mentioned Corin Gavor, he was getting out box for long periods of that fight. I thought Wayne Elcock was even out boxing for a short period before he knocked him out. Elvin Ayala didn't really give him any trouble. I remember Taylor, he was behind probably against Taylor. I'm not sure how far, maybe he'd caught up by that point. I can't exactly remember the fight, then he knocked him out. But he was, yeah, like you say, he came out of the blocks against Miranda as well in in the first fight. It's important to remember, he wasn't always this slow plodder. He was always a tie tie up guard guy, but he used to throw a few more punches than than he does now. And he was, I wouldn't go so far as to say he was exciting, but... He was a lot. He was a lot different. But as for Miranda, I have his record up in front of me. Actually, guys, Miranda never got a win really at the highest level, did he? After this fight, if you look at his record, he beat the the fringe guys, your Willie Gibbs, your Alan Greens, uh, David Banks, those type of guys. But he ran into the fists of um, Kelly Pavlik, Andre Ward. That was Ward's breakout win really against Miranda. Lucian Butte was really on the slide by that point, and then after that. Chalemba, Bellew, he was finished by that point. Alvarez, and eventually Dortico. Miranda never had a sig- signature win at world level. He never had that big win, if you look at his record. I, I, I take issue with that, uh, Steve. If you remember, he came to the York Hall to fight Joey Vegas on Eurosport. As we said a couple of weeks back, actually, on, on the Pavlik-Taylor uh, one, actually, it was actually, you know, Miranda was actually Kelly Pavlik's breakout victory before he actually won it in that fight against Jermaine Taylor. Um, as, as for Abraham, I, I just think he was one of those fighters, you know, we mentioned about Bellew, for instance, kind of caught between two divisions. I think Abraham was like, you know, slightly too small for yeah. for, for super middleweight, yes. but just yeah. far, far too tight as he got older for yeah. for, uh, for middleweight. Because yeah. yeah. um, if you if you did, as you mentioned, it, it wasn't always a kind of slow plodder. Because if you look at his fights after like the Taylor, or sorry, after Darrell and Froch, for instance, when he was handily beaten. Obviously, he had the tune-up fight against Bozic, and then he fought Andre Ward. He basically plodded through some of those fights, you know, Petro Vodowski, Robert Stieglitz, the first fight was, wasn't all too great. Um, I did think as well, you know, he, he fought, who was it, Isaac Egpo? You know, that was... The yeah, Grenade. Yeah. I, I watched that fight, you know, that was that was, that was AIDS, pure, pure AIDS. You know, <laughs> Giovanni <laughs> de Calice, you know, Sage Locker as well. I mean, you know, I remember watching Sage Locker as well because that was really gave us a kind of insight into the Calm Smith fight. Paul Smith twice. You know, took Paul Smith twice, you know, 24 rounds of Paul Smith. Do you think, Andy, that it'd be fair to say about Miranda, given the fact he lost to Abraham, the Pavlik fight, the Andre Ward fight, even Bellew to a certain extent at that point, do you think Miranda's career was defined by him being a good name on people's records? He was a gatekeeper, mate. I just think, you know, as you say, he never got over the top. Uh, he was always one of these guys. He, he knew he was tough enough to take a pro, you know, someone on the cusp of world-level rounds, you know, test the chin, test the stammer, test the heart, and all that sort of stuff, see where, where you're at. But as you say, once he likes, uh, I mean, he beat Alan Green. I know Alan Green's not in great shakes and stuff, but, you know, the knockout defeat to Pavlik really was really the kind of doing with Sparrow. He got the chance to after Abraham rematch. You say Joey Vegas, Andre Ward. After that, after then, it was like moving up in weight. I think he even ended his career at cruiserweight at one point. I think his last fight was against a guy who was zero and four. Yes. So that tells you that tells you where that tells you where he was actually at. I mean, 
I just think you know, if he had he actually managed to get over the top, he might have actually stayed in shape, maybe stayed in the division a wee bit more. But I just think you know the, the kind of guy he was. He was a big, heavy guy. Maybe had a wee bit too much muscle, but. I think the last time I saw him fight would probably be the Elder Alvarez fight, actually. It may have been dropped in that fight, if I remember rightly. Um, but at the same time, I just think if you look at that fight, you know, you just knew that oh, Miranda at that point was, was done damaged goods. And maybe around about that time as well, he actually had his, his eye on other things, as I mentioned at the start of the show there, maybe he was actually involved in the Cuspies cocaine dealing as well. Yeah, the thing is, you know, we know Tony Bell, you beat him. He's not, he's not saying he's the best Edison Miranda, but he still beat him. That's fair <laughs> enough. But, you know, I think with, with Arsenal and Abraham, I think he's a he's an overachiever. The guy, you know, he's an, he's an, he doesn't look like the most talented guy in the world. If you're a fighter, if you're a good fighter, you know, you're Andre Wards, you, you Carl Frotches, you should beat him, really. But, you know, he's there. He can give you trouble. We you know that. We, we know but at middleweight, as Andy said, you know, he, he was a middleweight. You know, just like someone like Marvin Hagler was a middleweight, and if he moved up, he'd be the end of him. And, mm. you know, at, at that weight, he was fearsome because he was a massive unit at the weight. You know, he was a stocky guy, very powerful. You know, come forward, and, you know, he, tough to beat, you know, but a good fighter, you know, a slick guy will beat him. But at middleweight, you know, fights with you like Sturm and Pavlik at that time, I think they're tough fights to call. And, uh, you know, I know Pavlik, you know, obviously beating like Jermaine Taylor would have been the favourite and, you know, being American and having more hype behind him. But, you know, Abraham would would be tough for those guys, I think. But, you know, he has had a, a really successful career. He's made a lot of money for himself, considering, you know, the, the lack of talent, in my opinion, but because of his toughness. And Edison Miranda, I think he, he was a decent box, and I think he could have been better with more, you know, better training and, you know, more ring IQ. He just didn't have it. But, you know, there's no shame in losing some of the guys he lost to. And, you know, he was a typical gatekeeper who, if you, you know, someone like a prospect or a guy, you know, who he could catch them, you know, if, if you know they weren't on the game. But if they're good enough, they'll beat him. But and there's no shame in that. But yeah, both guys, you know, Abraham definitely overachieved. And Miranda probably in the days of all these titles will probably look back and think maybe I should have got you know one of these you know, titles. You know, I should have done it, but you know he didn't. And I think this fight he had his, he had his perfect chance and he just couldn't get it done, which was you know he was a nearly man, which showed in this fight. With Abraham, I think, you know, the same weaknesses that were exposed up in super middleweight were still present at middleweight, but the difference was the strength he had in middleweight and the power that, that were the difference makers in middleweight. They didn't, uh, he didn't take that up to super middleweight uh, with him, did he? You know, he just didn't um, make that leap. And as you said, he was a one-division fighter. He didn't, the power didn't carry up the middleweight, the strength, or the, the power didn't carry up the super middleweight, rather. The strength didn't carry up with him. And, you know, they were his two biggest assets, and he didn't have them at super middleweight. He still had, like, the, the ring savvy, the, and the, the ring IQ, the polish, but, you know, those two big strengths he had just didn't carry up with him. With regards I think to Miranda, so, sorry, Andy, I was just going to say, with regards to Miranda, you referenced the Alan Green fight there. I actually thought he looked very good against Alan Green. And, you know, he, sh- he actually showed a bit more polish and some sharper skills than he showed in his earlier fights. But I do think the public defeat took a lot out of him. Was the Green fight, um, Dave, whenever Green was just running for 10 rounds and Miranda even stopped in the middle of the ring at one point and started doing a wanker symbol at him? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was just, just going to say, I mean, if you take the Jermaine Taylor knock, as you say, Dave, you know, he did, his power didn't carry up as such. I mean, Jermaine Taylor, you could probably say, is. You know, as we discussed in one of the last episodes, you know Taylor mentally 
probably was was short at that he was, point. He, he's a middleweight himself as well. Yeah. If you think about it, you know, his best knockout probably only came as super middleweight about, uh, probably about, it would be last year actually against Robert Stieglitz. I mean, it happened with a, a straight right hand, right square, right in, the, right in the middle of the head that basically just threw off his equilibrium and put Stieglitz down and basically knocked him out really. That was probably his, his best victory, super, super middleweight, if you take the Taylor knockout out of the equation there. Yeah, if he had if he had power, he would have knocked out Paul Smith. You know, we saw oh, Gail put him away. George Groves, you know, knocked him out. But I think with in terms of Abraham, I think his most impressive win in terms of when he actually showed he could box was the Stieglitz trilogy fight when he went into Stieglitz's backyard. Yep. he was considered past it. He was considered shot to be honest. And it was actually you know it was in Germany, but it was in, actually in Stieglitz's backyard. And the Salins had to give in to Stieglitz to get that fight and gave him everything he wanted. And Arthur Abraham actually went in and actually boxed. And first time he's probably ever boxed. Mm-hmm. And he boxed well and he got the win, which was, you know, a really good win for him at the time. And he just showed that, you know, he had learned a few things along the way. And he wasn't just this guy who just stood there with his earmuffs on and just, you know, windmilled away when he, you know, with 30 seconds left of a run. It really showed. And, you know, I still probably expect him to beat Martin Murray again. So, you know, he's still going to go on, I think. It's a good point, that, because, you know, as you say, Kurt, he, he won that fight, but... He did it, you say boxing, but he did it off the back foot, jabbed. You know, usually, you know, if you see after Abraham go on the back foot and that, he's got the earmuffs up and he's just basically walking back, looking for a moment to basically strike to attack and that. Didn't do it this time, you know, boxed pretty well. I think he even had uh, Stiglitz take a knee in that fight because I think basically the counter punching was, was yeah, taking his toll. Yeah. 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 Any more final comments before we draw this final episode of the series to a close? Yes, we've got new uh, new fights to come up. We don't know when they're going to be releasing them yet, but there's some irons in the fire. People even offering their cash to get the the full series sent to them beforehand. Discussions will be had. <laughs> and also, you know, fans to send in, you know, any recommendations of fights that they, you know that we can look at and decide amongst ourselves if we we can discuss them as well. Absolutely, and as you know, I think you mentioned earlier, Andy, definitely. For people listening to this particular podcast, uh, please send us in your scorecards because we'd mm-hmm. like to hear how you scored it, you know. Definitely. Uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure with this type of fight, with all the point deductions and all the chicanery going on, you're going to get varying scorecards. So, you know, definitely, guys, we'd, we'd love to hear your uh, thoughts on this fight. It's definitely not Ricky Burns' uh, relic scorecard anyway. But it's, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, if you can keep a tally, there's no matter... You know, there's going to be, if you've never scored a fight properly or whatever, I don't, I'm not going to troll you, but all I want to know is what your scorecard was. Score it how you felt it, how you feel it goes, because it's going to be really interesting. But I think this is the type of fight that Twitter was made for. It would have been great uh-huh. if this fight was going on like this past week or so, because Twitter would be all over the place. It would melted. be up for galore. But one thing I want to add as well, the Showtime commentary when they called uh, Eddie Miranda a walking foul machine. I think that was a bit harsh, but it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually hear the Showtime commentary. The only versions I've ever watched have been in German commentary, so I'll have to try and fish that one out at some point. But yeah, the guys have brought it right back up to date again, but uh, this fight actually ends our first series of punches from the past, as I mentioned earlier. But the resounding feedback suggests that it's been pretty well received and we're already making yeah. plans for... Series 2 at the moment, so if you have any suggestions, comments, complaints, anything like that, drop us a line. And most importantly, spread the word, share the episodes 
And also, watch them on YouTube. Watch yeah. the fights on YouTube, guys, if you haven't seen them. I'm going to start, hopefully, fishing them out and putting them up on the Facebook page, the actual YouTube links, and then you can go along and watch them because they are all worth a watch. The fact that we've yeah. picked these ten is because they're watchable, Andy, and people yep. should go out and watch them because they're great fights. 1,000%, if you can even say that nowadays. But, uh, as I say, every single fight we've covered over this first series is on YouTube. Get up off your arse. It's only 36 minutes for 45 minutes you want to include like, sort of, uh, the ring walks and in yeah. between rounds. Or less. Or less. Or less. Or less. Some, some of these fights, yeah. that's Sellers and uh, Alex Arthur and all those fights and stuff. Jermaine Taylor against Kelly Palmer. Roads Pavlet. and more, yeah. Roads yeah. and more. So it's not going to be a full 12 rounds and stuff. Get up off your arse. Put the wife to bed. Put the kids to bed. Stick on the TV. Put the, your USB port in. Stream it from your laptop, from YouTube, on your TV. Sit back with a beer. And a nice wee talk of a joint and just relax, yeah. score it, and let us know. Instead of sitting there complaining through, you know, your Bellew or your Flurry's undercards or your Frank Warren... Shitty face. ...fucking undercards, you can stick these fights on. I made a tweet the other day that it's the best first series since The Sopranos. No one refutes that, so... <laughs> Mate, it's something about Breaking Bad. Something about Breaking Bad, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> certainly is guys and if you haven't left an iTunes review yet then maybe this series will be the one that encourages you to go over to your iPod and give us a few stars as well For nothing less than 5 stars is acceptable at the moment but in the meantime we have got no more punches from the past but tune in on Sunday evenings for the Nut House and we'll catch up with you soon guys thanks very much for listening cheers Podcast Network.